Today I'm visiting a brand new shop in Canterbury called The Refillery. But to find out why a shop like this is so important, first of all I spoke to Sean and Pat from Plastic Free Canterbury. Um, do you find a lot of plastic in, in, in the waterways in, around Canterbury? Um, yeah, sadly we find a shocking amount of plastic in the, in the waterways around Canterbury and I think one of the most tragic aspects of it is that the River Stour is a chalk stream. There are only just over 200 chalk streams in the world. Um, they're a globally important ecosystem. Um, and if you look at the way the Stour is treated, uh, right through its length, but also in our district, um, it's absolutely shameful. Mm. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Um, I'm regularly involved in uh, river cleans um, in the Stour, uh, both in my capacity as the Secretary of the Friends of Kingsmead Field in the Kingsmead area, but I'm also a trustee of Love Hambrook Marshes uh, on the other side of the city. Um, and I never cease to be shocked about the items that we find just thrown into the Stour. Um, Small I, things, big things. Yeah, just, just uh, I've got a, a list here actually from a, a, a river clean that I took part in together with the Kentish Stour Countryside Partnership um, uh, a couple of years ago, just on the short stretch of river between um, the Sainsbury's and Kingsmead. Um, and Asda. Um, I'll just list, uh, yeah, just yeah, mention a couple of those. So in that short stretch of river, which is probably a little over 500 metres, uh, we found 136 plastic bottles. Uh, we found 200 food wrappers, 120 metal drink cleans, 150 glass bottles, uh, 35 plastic bags, 30 straws, which again, you know, if they get out to sea, uh, they cause a, a lot of problems for, 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 for wildlife. Um, 20 single-use cups, two uh, bikes, five supermarket trolleys, two saucepans and frying pans, three road signs, uh, a slow cooker, a lottery yeah. stand, kitchen scales. <laughs> I mean, you name it, yeah. we have found it. We so have even found the kitchen sink in the river. Really? Uh, uh, so, I mean, is the... <laughs> Obviously, things like so. So, I'm glad you mentioned the kitchen sink because that is probably fly tipping, right? Like yes. your normal, like yeah. um, whether it's a dodgy trader or yeah. somebody who it doesn't, you know, has had their own premises done and they are getting rid of the waste in an irresponsible way, and they are literally just dumping it in the river on a layby yeah. in a field. But then there's also a large amount of what I guess is just kind of littering really isn't it it's it, yeah. like the bottles and and the and the cans yeah that's just people just chucking it on the ground and it's making its way into the water right yeah so i think there's t three aspects there one is they just uh, I, I think one of the problems is we've got the supermarkets on the riverside so a lot of these products are bought uh, as snacks from the supermarkets there's a footpath right along the riverside which is great in you know great in theory um, but it just means that people just discard the the you know whatever it is that they're they're you know the the packaging from whatever they're eating as they walk along. Some may put it in a bin. Quite often the bins are open top, and the seagulls pull the uh, you know empty the yeah. bins uh, you know uh, scatter and scatter all the rubbish around. Some will just drop as I say just drop it on the ground, and others will deliberately chuck it in the river. Yeah. Um, and you get whole spots, especially where there's a bench near the river. You will know if there's a bench near the river, there will be a massive pile 
of uh, single-use um, uh, plastic bottles or drinks cans or um, glass bottles in the river at that stretch because people just sit there and, uh, and chuck it in. Yeah. Um, and if you see the impact on wildlife, it is, you know, it can be quite desperate. I mean, I have found a plastic bottle with a small elva. So an elva is a, a very young eel trapped inside it. It couldn't get out because there was too much other rubbish in the plastic bottle with it. Um, and if we hadn't been able, you know, kind of well, just happened. A plastic to be bottle there. is 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 um, <clears throat> essentially an, an animal trap, isn't it? The shape of a plastic bottle yes. is the same as what they use to trap yes. animals, isn't it? Absolutely. So, I mean, fortunately, we were able to rescue that uh, elva. But if you think eels are now critically endangered, uh, European eels are a critically endangered species, one of the most endangered species in the world. And you think, you know, we're, we're just, you know, kind of our river is full of little, little traps for, for these elvers. Then yeah. it, it's just it's just sad. Bro glass bottles. You have so many glass broken glass bottles. And that's one of the things you have to be really careful about when you're cleaning a river. Yeah. Um, and again, the impact on any wildlife that, you know, kind of uh, mm. comes across those broken glass. Yeah, there's um, there's quite a lot of information from Surface Against Sewage. Um, so plastics found in the guts of 90% of the world's seabirds um, and it, they predict that um, by 2050 the mass of plastic in the world's oceans will exceed the mass of all the fish that live there. That's crazy. I mean there is already... And there's a human element to this as well because um, there's microplastics I believe more and more often being found in fish meat. So people who eat fish mm -hmm. you know are, are also ending up consuming the plastic and that's going into human bodies as well this isn't just something that humans can just forget you know and doesn't doesn't affect us no. this is affects you know the whole ecosystem um do you think that there's a an educational issue going on here do you think people are not aware of the problems they're causing or do you think they don't care or i think awareness is a big issue um and i haven't we haven't mentioned yet that we did work with some schools and some of the primary schools signed up very quickly. And what the kids, um, what do, how do kids take this sort of? Well, kids are keen because it's, it's like a, a new idea and they're particularly keen to um, collect all their crisp packets and make sure they went into the appropriate recycling. And our Tesco here has a recycling for crisp packets. Yeah. And crisp packets don't just go into ordinary um, recycling. They have to be recycled properly. Um, so they were very keen to do that and, 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 and that's, I think, a big educational thing. I think also kids love the environment, they like to be out and about and... Um, so they, they, yeah, they care, don't they? They do, yeah. they, they are coming across as caring. How, how do you, how do you, um, how do you maintain that? How do you get that to continue through into adulthood? Because it, I mean, it seems, because I remember being at school um, and, and having lots of lessons about the environment. And we all thought it was so important. You know, I, I don't remember any of my classmates at primary school saying this is all rubbish and throwing their, their rubbish on the floor. At some point, something seems to change in some, not all, but in some, you know, young people growing up. And they, they seem to just sort of stop caring, I guess. You know, that's a really challenging thing to work out how and why that happens, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. it's it, it's not cool to care, and I think uh, the peer group pressure as well, um, uh, and I think that is desperately sad. On on the Friends of Kingsmead Field, actually, in our group, we have set up a young friends group, mm. um, specifically to really engage young people um, with helping to look after Kingsmead Field, 
and to create that whole culture of care for our natural environment at a very young stage. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, one of the activities that the Young Friends Group most enjoy taking part in, um, or two things actually, one is wildflower sowing, um, and the other is actually litter picking. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they, they themselves get absolutely shocked about, you know, partly what their peer group throw down, but, you know, what others throw down as well. Um, so I think actually getting involved, I think often in life, it's when you actually get your hands dirty, see what, you know, do something physical um, and see what the consequences of other people's actions are, of people's actions, that really starts triggering things in your mind about, you know, the way we actually treat our natural environment. Yeah. So I think that is 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 critically important. And I I guess also there's an element of just trying to change behaviours. So I mean we're we're here at the refillery today, a shop which we'll find out much more about in a moment. But it's the 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 essential kind of idea here is getting people to um, refill bottles instead of throwing away bottles. I mean there's a bit more to it than that, which we'll find out. But I guess if you can encourage a situation where people are just it's completely natural behavior to refill a water bottle instead of buy throw one away and buy one then you are just naturally going to be reducing the amount of plastic in the waste stream. Yeah one of the things we really want to do because there are a number of refill stations around the city center um, for where you can just fill up your water bottle um, uh, I've literally just parked my bike at, just by the library and there, I just took a photo of the one outside the library actually because I'd forgotten that it existed there um, and one of the things we want to do is to put up a map on, you were talking about social media at the beginning, really publicise the fact that there are these refill sites um, yeah. around the city, uh, especially as we're going into the warmer summer months when a lot of people uh, like myself carrying a water bottle around with me, <laughs> you've probably got one there got too, one, yeah. yeah that's right um, and so it's just basic information to know how we can fill up those for free with uh, with tap water without having to, to buy a plastic bottle. And it's cheaper as well. Oh, I mean, like, it's, it's just it's, common sense it is from common every sense. perspective. And what we want to do is just really publicise this information on social media as well yeah. to, to get that information out there that you can actually, you know, kind of just fill up a water bottle for free without buying a, a plastic bottle. Yeah. And it is individual actions that count as well. So, you know, that's one, that's one. Another one is a reusable coffee cup, um, which yeah. means that you're not throwing away the And the most, most coffee shops, independent and chains. Yes, will refill. Refill, yeah. 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 And some even give a discount, don't they, yeah, for, for using a refill. Mm -hmm. yeah. One of the things we aim as a group to be working towards longer term is really supporting um, the, at the national level um, the, the deposit return system. Um, because we feel, oh, I feel very strongly from having done all these river cleans that nothing will change long term, uh, you know, until we get a deposit return system. An incentive um, to, yes. to do it. So a, 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 a price that you, an extra price that you pay for um, a, a bottle or a can um, that will be returned and that money will be returned to you. Um, if you return that to... Is this something you've seen work in other places? Yeah, so I've lived um, uh, in Germany for quite, uh, you know, lengths of time. Um, and there, you know, it's just, it's just a basic part of life that, you know, if you buy a glass bottle, um, you'll return it at the end and uh, get your deposit back. Um, I mean, so th there's, there's a positive to this. The take up of this campaign has been has been good hasn't it you know people people do want to get involved obviously you're always keen to spread the word but um how do you feel that your campaign's going yes well i feel that that we um 
achieved this um, with goodwill from a huge number of organisations. All those people, whether they be parishes, village halls, um, events organisers, um, will be able to spread that word wider. So we do want to, for example, go to the Boeing Festival at the uh, university because it's a very family affair and hope that you know people going there will also want to take away the, the same messages. Um, I, think, I think we've got a, a lot of young people who are keen about the climate emergency to make sure that we've got a world fit to live in in the future um, for themselves and their own children eventually. And, and I think that it can be built on. Also, I think that you know we have to recognise that we've got a cost of living crisis as well. And if we can make more things refillable, reusable, um, then more people will benefit in terms of the basic, their basic economy of their own pocket. It, it, it's worth it, mm. definitely worth it. At this point, I ventured upstairs into the shop itself to learn more about the refillery, which you can find on Sun Street, just down from the Cathedral Gates, just up from Siesta, lovely green front you can't miss it and i was keen to find out what it was all about and and yeah so you're getting repeat customers that's 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 the concept basically isn't it i mean so people um come to the refillery and they refill things so what what can they refill here what's the kind of the broad categories yeah so in terms of all the dry sort of whole foods we've got a really wide range um, of cereals um, ingredients for baking Rices, grains, pulses. I think I've got five different colours of lentils. It's a beautiful display of colour, yeah. Um, as well as nuts and snacks um, and um, extra sort of things that uh, people with vegetarian and vegan sort of preferences find very useful. Yeah. Um, like the... Um, because I need, I need to try more vegan food, and so you know, I, this is this is where I should be looking for kind of the bases, is it? So we do like meat alternative minces, like a sunflower mince, and the textured vegetable protein, okay. which, which helps bulk out a lot of really tasty grain-based yeah. sort of meals. Pastas. Lots I mean, I get through a lot of plaster in my house, and everyone is in a bag, a plastic bag that gets chucked in the bin every couple of days. Yeah. So yeah, you can, and so what do you do? You take a paper bag and you hold it under one of these dispensers and... Yeah, definitely, you, you for the larger sorts of items, when you don't want to be carrying a really chunky glass container, um, yeah, fill up a paper bag here. But you can bring in a, a glass jar as well, but yeah. bring in your containers as well. So um, yeah, um, plastic containers are absolutely fine because um, you're reusing them over and over again. Yeah. So any, even if it's a takeaway container, anything with a lid, you can <coughs> bring in with you, um, uh, fill up and then tip it into your nice glass. Yeah, and I guess you can reuse it. your paper bag as well. So if you do use a paper bag as like your middleman between your yeah. glass jar and your thing, you can yeah. then take that, uh, yeah, and bring that back and use that again and again. What's the most popular item? Oh, the snacks, I think. I think our chocolate covered Brazil nuts are becoming almost infamous. Um, yeah. Yes, Hi, yeah. they're very, very Moorish and you don't ever, and the quality. So we, we source very carefully um, from wholesalers and producers um, as much UK and local as we can find. Yeah. Um, it's always an organic, if there's an organic option available, and the quality of the 
um, produce um, in terms of taste and freshness people are commenting on all the time yeah <clears throat> and that's particularly true for things like the nuts and snacks um, there's just no comparison with buying it from a packet on the back of a supermarket shelf and it might have been there for months. It, it might have been there for months. It's probably travelled a long way because once it's been wrapped in plastic, it probably means that they can add a few extra months onto the, the, the span of it. Exactly. But these, I'm assuming, were made you know, in the last couple of weeks and oh. brought to your dispensers. So we, yeah, so we buy, I've got a large storeroom downstairs, as you saw. It's yeah. an enormous space for a shop of this size, which is really useful because we buy in very large bulk bags. Um, uh, and yeah, with the turnover, we, we, we kind of buy in as we need it, yeah. so it's as fresh as we can make it. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. And so there's lots of um, uh, cleaning stuff as well, detergents, dishwasher stuff, soap. So that for me was on our, on our personal family journey to try and kick our plastic kind of habit. It, was, it started off with shampoo bottles. I've got two teenage girls and we were getting through a lot of shampoo yeah. and um, it just slightly made me a bit feel sick actually. You got delivery. It's <laughs> a delivery of a wine. What, what is it? It's wine bottles. Oh, wine. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Is there more than that? One more. One more. Thank you. And so obviously there's a lot of items here as well, sort of zero waste accessories that they're labelled as. So these are things that people... Again, yeah, these are designed to be ways, that you, an, an easy switch that you can kind of do. Um, it's not a massive investment, but to have a really useful travel cup, for example, um, to avoid using takeaway coffee cups all every day. Can you have a um, look at this? And so everyone... this is a collapsible, made of recyclable material, and coffee cup, that's cool. Collapses down into like just an inch deep, you could put it literally in your back pocket. And it's got a, a reusable straw inside it. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, quite a lot of um, of chaps are buying those because they they don't they want to they want to carry a, a usable cup, but they don't have handbags on them, and they yeah, that's in the, so true. In the back of the jeans pocket, and then they've all got it with them. I mean, the collapsible point is really really quite clever because obviously, yeah, if you're using a reusable cup, once you finish with the drink, it's quite bulky. It's quite bulky, and that and anything that's inconvenient like that is always a disincentive to doing what you know is the right thing, but actually there's just too much of a downside. So anything that improves convenience. Will, will help these, you know, sort of small daily changing yeah. in habits. I mean, water bottles is a given. Like, you know, most people are making the switch to, to reusable water bottles now. Re there are refilling points around the city, I think, aren't That's there? right, yes. Yeah. So we've got a poster in the shop that says you can fill your bottle here, tap water. And, yeah, I think that's becoming more kind of um, normal to as a... As a as a regular habit. Yeah. Uh, changing all the, the kitchen um, cleaning as well is, is quite an, an easy switch to do. Um, all the plastic-based scourers and sponges that we all have. Yeah. Um, and again, they're deteriorating, they're forming into microplastics that then go down into, the water, cloths, into the water system. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're germ attractions <coughs> as well, because you feel like you don't have to clean them because <laughs> you use them uh, with the intention of just eventually throwing it away. So from starting to use it to throwing it away, it doesn't get cleaned, which, yeah. but when you're using a product that has a longer lifespan, you get into the mentality of needing to clean it and, and, right. and, and keep it germ free. And we've got these kind of alternatives to, to scours and sponges, are these cloth-based cleaners. You just whack them into the washing machine with your clothes wash um, and you do that every couple of, um, a couple of times a week and um, yeah, nice. they'll last for ages. I love it. Yeah, poop bags, that's another one. Lots of plastic ending up from dog waste. Yeah, that's, there's, there's a lot to, you know, you walk around this shop, 
and you realize you see things and you go oh my gosh that is so true i get through so much of that with plastic and then things uh, that you don't even it. occur to you as being plastic based like chewing gum for example yeah how innocent is that but actually it lasts forever yeah 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 there's no end point um natural deodorant yeah that's cool i made the switch to a natural deodorant a long time ago because it lasts longer i don't know if this one does it does yeah but a little bit goes a long way with those yeah. and it's in a it's in a glass jar which is recyclable yeah yeah that's really cool um and i'm loving the chocolate display this looks like something out of charlie and the chocolate factory so again it's a question of the 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 producers um and the ethics of the companies that are producing chocolate that are really important to us it's obviously all in paper wrappers but more importantly they're sourcing their cocoa from communities in developing countries that are paying fair wages and that have also got an environmental focus to things like the toxic waste water in the farms and yeah. you know every aspect so that's why we've chosen these brands who we believe are you know are, are very honest and authentic about their um, ethical credentials. And they look really cool as well. I know. It's, They're fun packaging. Yeah, they? it's awesome. Um, and so I'm standing in front of these giant um, barrels now, um, and they've they've got signs on. So we've got hand soap, wash up, laundry liquid. Um, so this is um, yeah, this is your detergent section. Yep, and this is a really good proof of the closed cycle, uh, closed loop system, um, where these, as you say, massive 200 litre plastic drums, which were in fact anyway recycled from another previous industry. So the cool. company took those on board to avoid them going into landfill. And now they use them to fill um, and then they collect the empties from refill shops like us and, and refill them and return them so that it's completely um, waste free in that sense. And then the customers bring along their regular usable bottles and refill again. So um, the amount of plastic not going into incineration or landfill is massively reduced. Nice. Now I was here yesterday and I got through my fair share <laughs> of your amazing oils. Yes. We were doing some filming for, for the Canterbury Residence Group and um, the, the director had me try a piece of bread dunked in chili oil probably about 15 <laughs> times. It was luckily very delicious. And otherwise. it was still delicious after 15 times. It really was, yeah. So the, yeah, the, the, the oils, are, they, you know, they look really cool and, and people like them, do they? Yes, they're very popular. And again, um, they're, they're nice as gifts in a pretty little glass bottle and uh, the sort of bottle with an easy stopper that means it's easy to refill again. Um, but more, more importantly, they also do actually really taste delicious. Yeah. And again, that's, that's another kind of comment across all our food products, is it's not just about being the holier-than-thou, eco-friendly and environmentally responsible, it's actually also enjoying really good, delicious tasting um, and locally you know, produced and, and ethically produced foods. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, can you show me how one of your dispensers works? Yeah. So let's have a little... Uh, what should which, we try? What's going to sound quite good? Let's have a look. Some pasta. At, yeah, might, let's might do some pasta, noise. yeah. So we've got a good... Um, a lot of... Uh, most of our pastas, in fact, all our pastas are organic. Um, we've also got some gluten-free brands as well, so that's quite helpful for people with the bad intolerances. Um, but here's uh, our trichlorine, So people grab example. one of these paper bags. Yeah, the bag. Um, and you can pop it underneath the gravity dispenser. And it's... There's no pre-weight sort of selection, so it's just a question of going by eye. You push it down, it pours into the bottom of the bag until you think you've had enough. I would think that would be a good portion. Yeah. And then what we're doing. And then we take it over to the scales, where you can judge how much you've taken. 
If it's more or less, you can add some more. We'll take it back as well if you've overdone it. But that's 320 grams. Um, and then it's a nice user-friendly, kind of top-of-the-range scale system. You select pastas. You find the one that you've chosen, which was the tricolor for us. Um, you press the paper bag sign and it'll tell you the price and then a, a nice big green button to press and it'll print out your label. Like That's that. decent. And you filled up a really big bag of pasta there yeah. and it's come to £1.50. Yeah, bargain. Lovely. I love it. And you're in a beautiful location as well. I know I've talked about this before, but this I, I love this bit of the city. It's, yeah. It's really cute. It was really important to find the right spot um, because the shop like this is designed to appeal to across the whole demographic of a city like Canterbury. Yeah. Um, you know, we rely a lot on the students' interests. Um, and again, the, the fact that they can buy small portions um, just as much as they need of anything like rice and lentils yeah. works really well for their kind of cooking. Oh, yeah, budget. that's really true, actually. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that element to it. You can, yeah. You don't need to buy a whole bag of flour if you want to bake a few, you know. Because shopping for one, even shopping for two, actually, is so difficult from a quantity's point of view, you know, especially when it comes to meat. Um, but everything else as well. But meat is the one that sticks in my mind because you can either buy you know two very small chicken breasts or seven in a ginormous pack there's no middle ground when it comes to it but obviously in here you can dispense and create the exact amount that you need for you for buy. maybe even one singular recipe exactly and then you don't have to buy the whole pack which you know three quarters of which sits in the back of your cupboard yeah. for however many months until you might get around to using it again or, or throw not. it away and that's yeah. particularly the case for our herbs and spices of course yeah where you really are only looking for a small bit at a time but here you can literally buy 10 grams of a, of yeah. a tarragon or something it'll cost you pennies yeah coffee yeah yeah i mean obviously that's a, a very popular amongst uh, Canterburyans, I assume, yes. or, or lots of coffee shops in Canterbury. And again, it tastes delicious, but uh, I'm really pleased, delighted to come across Kin Coffee, who are our suppliers. Um, they are a micro-roastery. They roast their own in Staplehurst, so they're a Kent producer, um, and also really focused on zero waste. So they will bring the beans in here in their metal tins, tip them directly into our dispensers and take the tins away with them so nice. there's no packaging left. And you can ground them. your beans here as well. You grind it according to how you want to use it to make your coffee at home. Nice. Um, and yeah, so the jars, I mean, I keep noticing new things. You've got to visit, people have got to come along because this, you know, it's impossible to kind of get across what is in here in one go. Um, behind us though, is something which has really intrigued me, your refillable wine and cider. Um, so how does this work? So this is a concept that I had in mind right from the idea of setting up the shop. Um, because we know in the continent, um, all the local supermarkets will be supplying their own local wine producers in particular. Um, and uh, it's not really something that's ever done in UK. Um, and I don't know why, uh, because it's a, it's a nice concept. Everyone has wine bottles at home. Yeah. Um, and why not reuse those rather than create the environmental carbon footprint impact of of transporting and recycling glass bottles unnecessarily. Yeah. So we've partnered up with this company called Sustainable Wine Solutions. They used to be based at Borough Market in London, now they've moved to larger premises, North London, but they import in very large quantities from Europe, from wine grown growers who are all sustainable, um, the vast majority, and I only supply organic wines. Um, and they're also all vegan, so that means they're nice. not using the, the, the animal-based uh, enzymes. Um, 
Very cool. So yeah, there's a Canterbury cider, a Bordeaux blank, a Pinot. So there's a, you've got a, a nice selection of different things here. And I'm assuming that you'd like to see more and more taps if it's got more popular enough. Yes, yeah, so it'd be yeah. nice. Although I can switch them around. So I think yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to put a, a rosé in at some stage for some summer yeah, drinking. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. I had a really great time here at the refillery today. It's a beautiful shop and I'd encourage you all to come down and check it out. I think it's really important um, that we make better decisions about how we consume and about the purchases that we make. Becoming plastic free isn't just about the world and about global issues. It's about Canterbury issues. As we heard from Sean and Pat, becoming plastic free helps keep our waterways clear, helps keep our forests clear. And I just think it's something really important that we should be moving towards. Thank you to everyone who I spoke to today. And once again, do come and check out the refillery in Canterbury.